you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 again. Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37, might be 32. 32 through 37 today, Matthew chapter 5. As you're doing that, I want to tell you that we had a great week here at Southdale. I don't know if you were had the opportunity, many of you did, to be a part of spring break. You saw the pictures at the start of service from from Thursday of spring break. That was just pictures from a single day. But the last two weeks during uh, Anderson Public School spring breaks, we've had our church building open uh, during the morning and early afternoon hours, feeding lunches, giving kids a place to play and have fun. And, and we had a good group of kids come most every day. Uh, our big day was Thursday when we were taking those pictures. We had 22 kids plus adults here on Thursday. It's a great day with our spring break outreach. And I want to thank all of you that helped, that were there present serving food, that were there providing food. Some of you weren't here, but you brought food for us to use. Thank you all that contributed to that outreach event, and uh, it was a good time together. You heard me talk earlier with the kids that we are going to talk today about oaths, promises. And maybe, maybe it's not just me. Maybe some of you grew up with me where there were certain things you weren't you just weren't allowed to say. And maybe you grew up like me in a world where swearing got you into trouble. And I'm not just talking here about curse words. In fact, I'm mostly not talking about curse words. I'm talking about actually swearing was off limits. So much so I remember when I was a kid, I, I actually wondered what would happen when I grew up and had to testify in court. And somehow in my imagination that happened a whole lot more than it actually has happened in actual fact. I have not had to go to court very often or testify, but I always used to wonder when I was a kid, when that day comes, what am I going to do when they say, do you swear to tell the whole truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, knowing full well that when mom found out, because moms know everything, that she'd wash my mouth out with soap or she heard that I was swearing. What, what, would, what would I do? Those values in large part, that, that, that reluctance to swear oaths came in large part from the hashtag truth I want to talk to you about today. Of course, that brings up a question all of its own, uh, especially if you're new and good, or haven't been here for a while. Good to see Mary with us today, able to be here. Good to have her back. Uh, it, maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about when I say hashtag truths. What is that? We've been talking about how as human beings, we have a tendency to take complicated things and boil them down into simple, memorable bits. And, and it's not just us. They did that with the law. They took the law, God's, God's law, given through Moses on Mount Sinai and interpreted through the rabbis across the years. They took that law and they boiled it down to little memorable sound bites, what we call hashtag truth. And we've been talking about the danger in doing that and boiling things down because a lot of times... When we simplify things, we end up with a, with a partial picture of reality. And the law is intended to give us a, a glimpse into the character of God, at least so far as it can be drawn by the law. It's, it, it's an outflow of who God is, and it's designed to show us what God is like. And, and when we begin painting partial pictures of, of the law, we end up with a caricature of God. Bits and pieces emphasized, even exaggerated. Other entire parts left out. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount begins to address that. And, and the way these simplifications of the law have distorted 
the people's understanding of who God is. Now, you might have noticed in your bulletin that next week we plan to wrap up the Hashtag Truth series. I think that's in there somewhere. Uh, we wrap up the series next Sunday morning. And if you're looking at Matthew chapter 5 and counting those, you're going, well, we have this week and next week, but there's, there's this part about oaths, and there's this part about retaliation, and there's this part about, about loving our neighbor. Two Sundays, three hashtags. What in the world are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do one of them tonight. So come back to evening worship tonight, and we're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about turning the other cheek in our evening worship tonight. Let's look today, though, at the one, the truth that we want to examine this morning. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 33. Jesus says again, You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Now, as we look at that hashtag truth together, one of the first questions we've asked every week is, is says who, right? Where, where, where exactly in the law does that come from? Who, who says, where does it say that? And that's proven an important question. As we saw last week, sometimes the hashtag gets it wrong. Sometimes the simplification actually paints a false picture. We really ought to be asking, where did this hashtag come from? And who actually said it first? What does it mean in context? One of the ways we found where those passages are in the Old Testament is with the footnotes, at least if you have one of the Bible translations, one of the versions that have footnotes for Old Testament quotations. Of the NIV, which most of our pew Bibles are, the NIV is one of those translations. And, and we saw that, like week one, we talked about murder. Back there in verse 21, it says, You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not commit murder. And then at least in the Newer International Version, there's a little letter... Well, in my Bible, it's a letter B because that's where the page break falls. might be a different letter in yours, but if I follow that down to the bottom of the page, it tells me, you shall not murder is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. Now I know exactly who said that hashtag, right? What about today's teaching? Verse 33, again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. What's the footnote on that one? If you're reading an NIV Bible, you might notice that there's not a footnote on that hashtag truth. Hmm. Doesn't have one. Now, if you're reading out of the New Living Translation, you might see a footnote there. It'll point you back to Numbers chapter 20 or chapter 30, verse 2 where the law says when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word. He must do everything he said. Of course, when you compare that to what Jesus quotes in verse 33, 
you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. It's similar, that Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, but not exactly the same. So where does that quotation, where does that reference Jesus makes here come from? The fact is, this hashtag truth is not a quote from a single passage like, you shall not murder was. Rather, Jesus in this hashtag is preventing a, or presenting a summary of the teaching of the whole law on the subject of oaths rather than just a single command. So that raises the next question, what exactly does the law say about oaths? Well, what does the law say about oath? Two types of sayings are addressed in the law and are addressed by Jesus in this hashtag. Oaths and vows, right? Do not break your oath, but, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. An oath, it's kind of what I was talking about with the kids earlier, an oath is what we do when we want to call somebody else, somebody of greater credibility to stand alongside us and add credibility to affirm that what we are saying is true. Typically, we call God to bear witness to what we are saying and declare that what we are saying is true. An oath is about being believed that what you've just said is actually true. A vow, on the other hand, is a specific type of oath. A vow is an oath that doesn't just declare what is. An o a vow promises what will be. It's an oath that promises action. I vow that I will do this, or I vow that I won't do this. It's an oath with action involved. You say, that doesn't make much sense, Pastor. Well, let's go for some examples. Straight out of the Bible. In Galatians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul is writing, obviously, the churches in the region of Galatia, and he's telling them his own spiritual autobiography. He's telling them his own story, his own testimony about how he came to faith. And, and, and about halfway through that story, down around verse 18, he, he explains to them, Galatians chapter 1, verse 18, after three years I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, uh, Hebrew version of the name Peter. I, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James the Lord's brother. And it's like Paul knows these churches in Galatia might not believe him at this point, and so he adds in verse 20, I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. That phrase, I assure you before God, is a biblical oath. Paul is swearing, with God as my witness, I affirm that this is true. Asking the heavenly judge to add credibility to his earthly testimony, an oath. You say, well, if that's an oath, what's a vow? Remember, a vow is an oath that involves action. Maybe one of the most famous vows ever taken was made by a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law. You're familiar with the story of, of Ruth and Naomi. The book of Ruth in the Old Testament, chapter 1, uh, Ruth's husband has died. 
Naomi, her mother-in-law, is heading back home to Israel. She's sending Ruth back to her family, so hopefully her family can find her somebody to marry her. And Ruth says, no, I'm not going back there. I'm going with you. You know that famous quotation. Ruth says in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, she says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. Right there, she's taking a vow. She's making an oath in regard to action. May the Lord deal with me be it ever so severely, ever so severely, if even death separates me from you. In the Bible, examples of oaths and vows. Now some of you are thinking, hold on a second, Pastor, I thought we weren't supposed to take oaths. I thought your mom said you're not allowed to swear. That's true. My mom would have washed the Apostle Paul's mouth out with soap if she heard the way he was speaking there. So what gives? How can the same Paul who, in Philippians chapter 3, says, in regard to keeping the law, I am blameless, turn around in Galatians chapter 1 and swear an oath in one of his letters? The reason he can say he's blameless in regard to the law is the law never forbids making an oath. Nothing in the Torah, nothing in the first five books of the Old Testament, nothing in the law given to Israel through Moses, Nothing in the law says, don't make an oath. Quite the contrary. Sometimes the law says you are required to take an oath. Imagine if I came by and said, I need you to babysit my kids. Not my children, my kids. You know, my little goats. My wife and I are going on vacation. They need to be fed four times a day with bottles. Would you babysit my kids? And for some reason you agreed to that. Have you seen my kids? They're adorable. My children aren't bad looking either, but my kids are adorable. So you agree. You say, I'll bring them over. I'll take care of them. I'll keep them safe until you get back. And so my wife and I leave town. And, and uh, while we're gone, you're taking good care of my goats, doing everything you're supposed to to take care of my goats. And, and then one day, one of them dies. That's sad, but it happens. Especially with goat kids. Sometimes they die. But then I come back and collect my goats. And I notice that there's one missing. And I accuse you of stealing my goat. Maybe you took, your, took my goat and killed it, slaughtered it, and made a nice box broughten out of it or something. How dare you take my goat? Well, by law, if you took my goat and killed my goat and kept ate my goat, you have to then make restitution to me for my goat. So accusing you of eating my goat means now you owe me a goat of your own, but you know you didn't steal my goat, right? You know it died all on its own. But there was no one around to see that. There was no one around to bear witness to that. So what do you do? It's my word? You stole my goat against your word. No, it just died. What do you do? Exodus 22 tells us what to do when you kill my goat. We go and we see the priest, and you take an oath before God that you didn't do anything to my goat, that it died not by your hand, and that, Exodus 22, settles the matter. 
When you swear an oath before God, that settles it. It obviously died all its own. That's just one of the places where the Torah requires an oath. And the Torah underlines that when an oath is made, it had better be truthful. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 12 says, Don't swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of the Lord your God. Don't swear falsely. If you make an oath, it had better be true. Vows, on the other hand, were always voluntary. There's nothing in the law that required you to take a vow. In fact, that makes sense, really, when you stop and think about it. Vows involve action, right? A promise to do something or a promise that you won't do something. And if it's something you are required to do by the law, you are required to do it whether you take a vow to or not. And anything that is prohibited by the law is prohibited whether you promise to avoid it or not. So no vow is required by the Torah, but sometimes you might want to go beyond the bare minimum of what the law requires. Think of a Nazarite vow. You want to demonstrate your seriousness in a matter, so you make a vow that you will not cut your hair and you will not touch any dead flesh and you will not drink any, eat or drink any fruit from the vine until the vow is completed. That vow is not required. That vow is voluntary. But once made, that vow is binding. Now, among the rabbis, there is an exception to that. If you vow to break the Torah, that is a meaningless vow. You say, I know the Bible says thou shalt not kill, but I vow that I am going to kill so and so by such and such a time. Uh, you are guilty of making a meaningless vow, and that is, that's forbidden as well. But you're not guilty if you actually don't keep your word and so break God's law. But apart from those exceptions, once you commit yourself to something, once you make your vow, you are required to do it, or not do it, depending on the vow, to keep your word. Deuteronomy 23, verses 21 and following, spell that out. It says, if you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to keep it, for the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, remember vows are optional, if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. But whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do, because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your own mouth. So the law says some oaths are required, other oaths are necessary. Vows are optional, but if you make them, make sure you keep them. And then Jesus comes along and says, you've heard that it was said, don't break your oath, but keep, fulfill the vow you made to the Lord. What's he talking about here? Well, in Jesus' day, that hashtag truth about oaths and vows had become the occasion for deceit. See, the hashtag truth says, if you vow something or if you swear something in the name of the Lord your God, if you swear something before the Lord, it had better be true. 
Well, if I'm supposed to tell the truth as long as I swear something in God's name, as long as I don't swear, it's okay for me to say whatever I want, right? Kind of like the kids on the playground. But you promised you didn't know where they were. Uh, I didn't promise. As if not promising makes it okay to lie. Or worse still, yeah, I promised, but my fingers were crossed behind my back, right? Like that makes it okay. Of course, of course, uh, they didn't cross their fingers in Jesus' day. Kids, you paying attention? Here's the answer. In Jesus' day, the way they the way they broke their promise is by promising it in something other than God's name. See the commandment, the hashtag says, Don't swear falsely in the name of the Lord your God. The commandment, the hashtag says, fulfill the vow you make before the Lord. As long as you don't do it in His name, as long as you don't do it in His sight, I suppose it's okay, isn't it? And so instead of swearing in the name of the Lord, they swore in other things. And at first they were as creative as we were. They had euphemisms to say the name of the Lord without actually saying the name of the Lord. The rabbi saw right through that. Last week we talked about the Mishnah commentaries by the rabbis on the law. Just like last week, there's an entire tract on, on documents, on marriage, uh, or on divorce bills. So too, there's an entire Mishnah on oaths. Mishnah Shevuot talks about the oaths we swear. And there's a ruling in there that says, uh, if you swear with Aleph and Dalet, in our alphabet, kind of A and D, the first two letters of Adonai, the Hebrew word for Lord. It's a way to say Lord without saying Lord. If you swear by Aleph and Dalet, or if you say if you swear by Yod Hey, the the first two letters of Yahweh, or if you swear by Shaddai, or or by the gracious and merciful one, or if you swear by the one who is slow to anger but abounding in love, any of those oaths, even though you don't use the holy name itself, are still binding. God sees right through all of those euphemisms. But there is one exception. If you don't swear by the name of the Lord Himself, those are not binding. Oaths sworn by the heavens or by the earth or by things in them, says the Mishnah, we are not liable for keeping. So now you begin to see why, why Jesus says, I tell you don't swear at all, not by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by the earth, for it's God's footstool. Don't swear by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great king. Or by your own head even, because you don't have the power to make even one hair black or white. He's specifically addressing the tendency in Jesus' day to cross their hearts with their fingers crossed behind their back. Don't do that, Jesus said. Because it's all built on a lie. On a false assumption. See, in the minds of the Jews, swearing by all of these other things, the heavens, the earth, Jerusalem, my own head, swearing by all of these other things were allowable because it didn't bring God into it. If you don't say the name of the Lord, he, He's not been brought into the conversation. 
And if God's not been brought into the conversation, it doesn't matter much what we say. But Jesus says, oh no, that's not true. Remember, we've said all along that Jesus did not come to set aside the law. He did not come to set aside the commandments, and He does not set aside this commandment either. Instead, He fulfills it. Fills in the details their, their paraphrasing had left out. Revealing greater truths that they didn't really understand. And Jesus says the truth is that whether you mention His name or not, God is a party to every conversation. Heaven, it's His throne. He's there. Earth, it's His footstool. He's here. Jerusalem, that's His city. Even your head belongs to Him. You might go to the salon, but He does the hair coloring, right? God's there, whether you acknowledge Him or not. God's a part of that conversation. The Jews said, as long as I don't swear before God, I can't be bound. Jesus says, there's nowhere you can go where you're not before God. And what's more, not only are we in His presence, if we are believers, what we say reflects on His character. That was the problem with swearing falsely in the name of the Lord in Leviticus 19. Do you remember that? Do not swear falsely in the name of the Lord your God and so profane His name. When you swear by the name of your God and lie, you make not only yourself, but you make Him look bad. Here Jesus says, you bear My name. It's not just your words that bear My name. You bear My name. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, your life, bears His name, and everything you say and everything you do reflects on Him. We're ambassadors, right? His representatives. That means we have a responsibility to represent Him well. And part of that responsibility is speaking truthfully whether we are under oath or not. So Jesus says, our yes should mean yes. Our no should mean no. Anything more comes from the evil one. You wouldn't even have to make promises if lying wasn't so regular a part of a reg, such a regular part of our world. The, the very fact that we feel like we need to make oaths comes from the fact that the world we live in evil. The world we live in is evil. But we're citizens of His kingdom. Anything more than yes, yes, no, no comes from evil. Anything less than integrity not only makes us look bad, it reflects poorly on the one whose name we bear. So kids, two important truths today. Adults also. Two vital truths. You can't escape God's presence. Even if you don't mention His name, He's still a party to every conversation. There's nowhere that you can go to flee from His face. He is the witness to everything we say and to everything we do. Not only can we not escape His presence, 
we also can't escape our responsibility to represent Him well in our world. 